you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or follow us on any of our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, at liveonfourlegspodcast and on Twitter, at liveonfourlegspod. I want to thank each one of you and don't forget, democracy only belongs to those who vote. Do it! Do it! And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... This is Stone Gossip. Fucking camera in the truck. Everybody now, welcome to Live on Four Legs, the definitive live Pearl Jam podcast, and we're bringing you this show a little bit early this week to kind of celebrate Election Day and get this to you on the holiday, as it should be a holiday, but it isn't. However, this is your day for you to go out if you haven't sent out your mail-in ballot, uh, drive out to the polls, wait online, and uh, fill out your ballot at, at the ballot box. I think it's it's very important to do it today, and we've been talking about it all month that this is the most important thing that you can do as a citizen. So, uh, you know, now, now we just kind of, we just wait. We just wait to see what happens, and uh, hopefully democracy will will take place and, and take charge. So Randy Sobel over here, John Farrar over there. Hello. And, uh, yeah, we don't have to really get into the election. I feel like last week we really, we hammered it home. And, and you know, right now I think if if you're voting, you're voting, you know. Yeah, and you absolutely should. Again, like we we made the we made the big big plea last week. You know, if you're on the fence, please do it. And and I'll reiterate that again today. Like if you're if for some reason if you're on the fence about voting, please please go and do it. Let this be your uh, you know the final reminder for today. Exactly. Um, right, but, but also you know after today, this could be. Uh, we could be in a completely different conversation here. So we might have to release something that's just sort of reactionary based on whatever the hell could happen. I don't think, I don't think we're even going to know. You know. I don't think we're, we're going to know for weeks. So yeah, you know, the, the next, I mean, the, the political episodes, you know, we're, we're, we're going to go back to doing some, you know, kind of, we got some around the world episodes coming up and some different things, some, some patron episodes, but we're going to, it's going to be something we're going to keep talking about. Yeah, I yeah. Once you know, if the dust settles, the dust settles. But you know, if if uh, if there's stuff going on, you know, we never shy away from it. And I think that's really important for right now to keep the conversation up. But you know, right now, I feel like everybody that has gone to vote, it's it, it's time. Like there's you, basically, it's it's 
this is the deadline. This is it. So unless you're in the car on the way to your polling station, then, uh, you know, hopefully you are. Uh, if not, then hopefully you've mailed it in already. But, you know, we uh, we sit here and, and now we play the waiting game. So, uh, yeah, what are we doing today? We're doing Constitution Hall 1998. This kind of wraps up all of the political coverage that we've done. And, and this is not so different from uh, the Charlotte show that we did a couple weeks back. That was a voter for choice show. Yeah, and that one was was really good too. You know, the Gloria Steinem makes makes a return appearance uh, for us here, so that was cool. But yeah, I mean, voters for choice, and and you know, in DC, we you kind of forget about the '90s, like we we think of it as this like the Halcyon days. But there was still a lot of stuff going on. You know, there was there were there was still stuff to be political about in 1998 before before this current era that we're in now. But yeah, that this is a great show. I mean, this is a vault show. They they did release it on vinyl a couple of years ago, so you know the band thinks of it highly. I think the story is too. They they almost released this show in its entirety back then instead of live on two legs. So you know they uh, they definitely uh, hold it in high regard. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I did. I I didn't know that that was a possibility, but you would have to be thinking that a lot of these shows around the time, if they knew that they were going to do something along the lines of a live on two legs, then, uh, yeah, they would probably be, you know, recording everything and, and, you know, putting everything to, to tape pretty quickly. You would think. Yeah. I think it it came down to the last minute too. I think they might've even like some promotional stuff got out that it was going to be like Pearl Jam live at constitution hall. And then they, they pulled it at the last minute, but you know, it eventually eventually came out on the vault, so so we have it. But this is yeah, this is a great show. It's a it's a good way to finish off the month. Yeah, and there is going to be a live on two legs tie in with this. There was a song. Uh, I would say that this one was definitely one of the best live on two legs performances that was on the compilation. Would you say that? Yeah, it's a great performance. You know, a couple of cool tags, one that you don't usually get, and. Uh, We'll talk about that uh, when we get to it. Yeah, but first, uh, let's address a couple of things. Um, one, you know, the first thing I just want to address is just uh, thank you for everybody for being part of the conversation from last week. We did the Nassau Coliseum show, which is just obviously one of the most controversial shows in history. And uh, everybody had their own take of what that day was. And I just want to say, like, you know, just because somebody had their side of the story doesn't mean other sides of the story didn't happen because there was a lot of discussion on what happened and what didn't happen, who saw what, who was where. And I, you know, I will take the accounts of the people that saw things and the people that said they saw, uh, beer, beer bottles and they saw quarters and they saw t-shirts being thrown on the stage. Because like I said, there was somebody that wrote into us last week and I went to clarify with him and, and said, look, did you see these things or were you just afraid that the, these things can happen? He said, Oh no, I, I, I saw these things. These things were happening. Uh, so it was just clarification that these things did happen on this night. And, you know, it was a pretty intense and scary situation for, for the bands and fans alike, I would think. Yeah. And, and to, you know, 17 years later, we're not gonna, you know, we're not going to figure it out because the, the video obviously is not clear enough to see, you know, it's a, it's a VHS probably video at best, but yeah, it's just one of those things where you just have to, you just have to take the words of people that were there. 
Yeah, and even on the PJ twenty, uh, they have the full performance, but even then, it, it's tough to see anything. So, you know, I, a lot of people got back to us and they said, "Oh, I was I was nine people deep, or I was this many people deep and saw nothing." But that doesn't mean that nothing happened. And a lot of people were also, uh, you know, I, I guess saying that people had a right to be mad and had a right to be pissed off. I don't think we ever argued that fact. I think we just argued that they didn't have a right to be throwing anything in, in the first place. Yeah, you that it crosses a line. You can't do that. Yeah, but uh, they had a right to be mad. I think we argued that as much as we could. So just, you know, small detail, but I wanted to throw it out there. Uh, but much bigger thing that I wanted to talk about before getting into this episode is that we have a little bit of a retirement party uh, through the PJ circles here. And through th- after 30 years, and really more than that, because he was with them with, with Mother Lovebone, but Kelly Curtis is retiring now after 30-plus years of service. And I just want to talk about like what his role and how important he was in the band for, for all this time. And, and really, I, when I think of it, I think of you know him directly taking what the band's vision for themselves were and and echoing it throughout you know whether it was the media or throughout releases or throughout those kind of things like he was pretty much the voice of all that and he kind of reiterated all that to to everybody else of what the band was feeling and thinking yeah i mean he's just it's just one of those behind the scenes people that's so important that never you know, I never really got the spotlight. I couldn't even pick him out of a lineup, probably. But I saw a picture yeah. of him the other day. I think I read something that he likes to be anonymous, yeah. that he doesn't like his picture being seen. Yeah. There's not, you're right, there's not a lot of pictures of him that go around. But he just kind of looks like a regular guy. Mm-hmm. You would never pick him out of, of a lineup, you're right. But there's, you know, there's so many people behind the scenes that, that never get the credit, but actually, you know, absolutely make this thing work and make the gears turn and make get the get the things out on time and make the things happen so yeah i mean whenever whenever those people can get can get a little bit of the spotlight we always uh want to shine it on them because they deserve it absolutely he's done oh yeah he's done great work stuff i mean half the stuff we'll never even know right that that he did you know oh, he's just just one of those people behind the scenes making things happen yeah and you have to think with such massive things that have happened to them in their history things like the Ticketmaster debacle. Like, he handled the whole thing, and he was on the band side for the whole thing and and rode it out with them. Uh, Ross killed. Rode that out with them, too, and, and had to handle a lot of criticism within uh, the media and within, you know, those circles that the band was blamed for what happened on that day. Like, that's a lot. That's a lot to take on, and just those two things in one full... 30-year career is a lot, but there was so much more, and, you know, we kind of, those are the big things, but also, like, the the good things, too, in promoting albums and, and making sure that they're on stuff like Letterman and, and uh, you know, and then later a little bit Jimmy Fallon and SNL and those places, like, he's pretty much responsible for a lot of that stuff. Yeah, and stuff like, you know, the Wrigley shows we talked about, the, the all the weather delay stuff in 2013. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he was really involved with that. And yeah, I mean, we, the list goes on and on. But yeah, I mean, the 
the real point is like Pearl Jam. I'm available if you guys are are, are looking. I'd be happy to uh, they have to come by for an interview or something. You know, I could do a Zoom thing. Like um, my schedule is pretty much free. So let's know. Oh, what what's is your that? Name what's Smitty? That? Is your name Smitty? Uh, it could be. <laughs> I don't think your name is Smitty. <laughs> But if it was Smitty, I, I would be happy to just kind of jump on your back and, and follow you around the tour the whole time because uh, that would be my gateway in. So I'm I'm rooting for you in this position. I would like this position too. So yeah, well, some some somewhere along demon? the line, a job's going to open up. Someone's going to something's going to happen. So uh, call me, guys. I'm I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm I'm standing by the phone waiting. Anyway, we slice it. Uh, a phenomenal career for Kelly Curtis, and we just wanted to get that out there that he's just done tremendous work for so long for for these guys and hanging with all the good and and all the bad and and you know with with five different drummers and and personalities that are pretty pretty difficult to 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 deal with that's a long career there so uh we congratulate him and wish him luck and the best on his retirement and uh we wish smitty luck going forward as well because smitty's been with the band a real long time too so uh all right constitution hall dc 1998 we haven't done a lot of 98 shows so is there any 98-esque things that you'd like to talk about before really setting up this show well just you know the setting the the scene a little bit the context this was i think near the end of that long tour it was so uh, they only had a couple of shows left i think maybe just even one but you know by this time you know by this point cameron's a little warmed up he's familiar with some of the songs they can they can experiment a little bit i think this was i had seen them for the first time not like less than three weeks before so uh this would have been a great show for them to do in atlanta i mean we got a great one there but uh and the other thing is you know the coming off just a week after the the whole breath thing at msg like they're still mm-hmm. riding off that so there was there's was a lot of stuff going on around this month yeah it feel you're you're absolutely right it feels like this month is sort of the band and fans relationship has totally changed it turns from a strictly here we are at the shows and here we are reacting to you guys at the shows and now the advent of the internet has really caught up with the band where, you know, it's almost impossible not to see things uh, posted on their forums, not to see things posted on Five Horizons, which was huge at the time, and uh, see people to react to things and, and, you know, see petitions like the ones for Breath. Like that, you know, this era, I would say, it probably really started in 96, but I would say that 98 tour was where it absolutely just bursted out of control. And I'm sure a lot of people have great memories from that era, too. Yeah, we talk about, and Cameron, too. I mean, you can't underestimate his influence on them, just kind of calming everything down and being, you know, kind of the steady force back there that he is. You know, it just made everything easier for the rest of them, I have to imagine. By, by the end of this tour, they were on such, they were, the shows were all great. They were in a great mood. You could tell they were having fun. And I think it that just eased a lot of the tension that was happening in a lot of the earlier tours and years. Yeah, I would say so, and I, I think their familiarity with, with Matt and going back to Temple and going back to the early, early, early demos, like, I think that definitely helped in this situation, you know, like, he's a professional through and through, and not only that, but he was one of, that's like, 
this is like Mookie Betts level of going out and acquiring a free agent. Like he's there for you for the taking and he's interested in you guys. It's just, it's a perfect match kind of deal. You know, like that, that's how I see it. And when somebody like that becomes available out of nowhere, you go out and get him. If you have a spot that you need to fill, if you need to fill center field, go, go get a Matt Cameron. That, it, that it's that kind of deal. And uh, yeah, that was so important, and and they did it. And look, look at what happened. Look where we are now. We haven't had a drummer change since. Uh, all right, there is a little bit of a preset before this, and it's Eddie covering. I am a patriot. It's a little tough to hear what he says, but uh, you know, through people's uh, translation uh, throughout the years, here's a little bit of what happened. He says, "Hi, it feels like we're in the White House." We haven't played a place with carpet in a while. I think this is the last bastion of sanity in town. Music is the choice. We're here tonight. You're going to hear words and entertainment, not in, not in any particular order. Hovercraft's going to come out, and uh, at this point, somebody shouts out Ed for president, and he says, not gonna, it's not going to happen unless you agree to re- release the tapes that say Ed was sitting in his hotel room smoking pot out of a bong. So uh, he was just having fun, a little back and forth with the crowd. And, and uh, yeah, I think it was pretty rare for them to do a preset like this at the time. I don't think 98 was really the time they were doing it a lot. Yeah, not very often. But, uh, but this is cool. And it's, it's like a, it's a solo electric version of Patriot. It's not like not the folky acoustic one that we would get in you know, 2000, 2003 sometimes. But, yeah, this is, uh, this is cool. I like it. Do you have anything about the venue? Because they played here in 95 with Neil Young, who we'll get to in a second. Uh, And I feel like this is a really historic venue that a lot of, you know, political rallies and political events have happened in the past. Yeah, with a name like Constitution Hall, you would think so. It it did look a little more like a... Like kind of an intimate kind of theater. I think, what did it say? There were like 3,500 people there maybe, which is fairly small compared to what they were playing at the time. So, uh, yeah, it looked a little more of a, like a venue. Like when I saw them, they were were playing at a huge outdoor amphitheater with 20,000 people. So big difference from that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I I think that kind of goes along with just sort of whenever they do get to play important venues like this and it does become more intimate and we'll see later in the set that things happen at the show that you know in 98 didn't really happen at all so you know that 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 also kind of adds to the mystique of it and adds to uh the intrigue and i would i would guess those reasons go into why this was chosen as a vault and like you said almost chosen as a uh as a full live release back in 98 99 yeah. Uh, all right. We open the show with a statistic because every political show, not every show, because one show in October that we did was not technically political. Every show that was a politically enhanced show that we did from Toledo to today opened with Long Road. What do you take out of that? Like, is there. Is that significant? Is that just a coincidence, a crazy coincidence? Or, or what, what do you think? You know, I, I, the, I, I would guess that the lyrics in Long Road kind of go towards, you know, wanting a, 
you know, seeing a bigger tomorrow and seeing a better tomorrow, maybe. But, like, to me, it might just be coincidental. I don't think, you know, I don't, we were too deep in this. I don't think anything's coincidental. I think they know what they're doing. Yeah, I think you, you might be onto something. But as for me, like, I am on I am on long road burnout. We've covered this thing <laughs> so much. Like, I, it came on and I was just like, another one of these? Okay. But I mean, the, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not the, it's not the song's fault. It's, it's great. But yeah, I think I. Oh yeah, I, I, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think you're you're onto something with the, with the lyrical content and you know the long run. I think it, they absolutely you know I think when Ed sits down to make these set lists for these shows, he absolutely thinks about that and puts it on there, hundred uh, percent on purpose. So just to go over the statistics here, uh, Toledo, which was the first one that we did in this whole section of uh political shows toledo opener with long road charlotte 96 opener with long road last week nassau coliseum opener with long road vegas which was in between all of this was open with interstellar overdrive into corduroy but again that wasn't really a political show that would just kind of fell during an election season so um yeah i i would say that it's not a coincidence because of what comes next but yeah, there is something to this being played at shows where they're trying to get a message across. I, th- I don't think that that's an accident at all. But I, I do want to mention, because we're talking about streaks, we might as well get this out of the way now. Even Flow was not played at the show. <laughs> so yeah. if you're looking to go five for five, unfortunately... I mean, four for four is fantastic of never vote Republican. Like that's fantastic. And at least we didn't have to go four for five. Um, but yeah, since they're not playing at the show, we're not deducting. We uh, let's call it a walk. We're, we walk we're this still batting this a thousand. Bat. Yeah, right. Exactly. We walk this at bat and, uh, and it doesn't go against the record. So hopefully the next week that we cover something, maybe we'll hear it again. And, and we'll, we'll now know to keep listening for it in case it does come up. But I um, know you're in uh, you're in baseball withdrawal. You've already made two baseball references. I know the season's over. This is, this is your long <laughs> offseason. You're doing anything you can to hold on to it. But, um, See. but, but too, the, there's only two songs from 10 on this, this show overall. That, that kind of struck me, too. I like didn't that, even think about they, that. They don't go back to that, uh, that first album a lot. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even really realize that. I know that at the time they weren't playing stuff like Garden and barely playing Oceans right. and barely I, Deep wasn't being played at the time. So, yeah, it would make sense. But um, I, I think uh, the big talking point following Long Road is Act of Love. And like I kind of mentioned, the reason why they could be playing Long Road here is because of their inclusion of Act of Love.
go back to that 95 show that I mentioned a little while ago. That was the debut of the song, and that was pretty much right after they recorded it in the Mirrorball sessions. Neil was there that night, I believe. One of those shows, I can't remember if it's the first or second date, but I think they played it twice, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. They played it, and then Neil came out for the encore, and they played it again, yeah. So they played it with and without Neil? I believe so. Huh, okay. Well, that's that's interesting, and I I would think that, you know, if you're gonna go 111 shows without playing it, this would be the night to bring it back, and, you know, to kind of remind them of the intimate venue and maybe people were there from the last time and remember it or maybe they they weren't but they knew that it had happened like that's just them you know very early on taking from their history and using it and utilizing it in such a an important way especially number two song of the set like this is one of the most memorable moments from the show 100 percent. yeah and if you if you guys have the the vault release if you look there's a there's a copy of uh, Ed's set list on there, and he—it's actually Long Road is crossed off, and it, he's written Encore next to it. So you know they thought about moving it there, and then it has Corduroy and like maybe Corduroy, but then add next Act of Love that says Open like question mark. So there was still some some question marks up to the last minute about about what they were going to open with. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, and Act of Love is something that they haven't played a lot in their history. They don't go back to it now. Only played ten times. We did that Toledo show. That Toledo show with Neil was the last time they did it. So it's on a 16-year hiatus as of right now. And this is the ninth. This is the ninth time they've ever played it. Uh, 1995, I believe it was Austin, Texas, was the last time before this occasion. So... This is not one you're getting very often. Special instance when it comes. And you have to think, you know, we covered the Neil Jam show back in August. And we talked a lot about how Mike didn't get that spotlight. I was very excited to hear Mike's spotlight. Because I thought that that was a real big highlight for this song, for sure. Oh, it's fantastic. The, the song is amazing. But, yeah, that's kind of an interesting piece of trivia. The song's been played ten times, but only at nine shows. That's probably the only only one in the history that has more plays than, than shows oh, to get active love second is like you're just you're just blown back and you say like what holy shit yeah that's like that's just something they weren't doing at the time and yeah oh mccready we're going to talk about that a lot at the show an unbelievable solo in this it's it's absolutely a throwback he just tears it apart blistering way to start the show and you know i think that kind of goes into the whole rarity situation that's happening here again intimate venue where you want somebody in the 35,000 people that are there that are is going to go home with a moment and right away within the top two songs yeah they're they're going home with a moment so uh it it speaks volumes to what's going to happen the rest of the show all right this is a good little section that follows it up it's pretty i mean this describes 1998 in a nutshell if 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 I had anything else to to really say to add in to 1998, maybe you would say add a brain of J or do the evolution here. But this is straight up hell, hell, dissident, giving a fly corduroy all in a row. Um, what do you what do you think the uh, the fashion discrepancies before I get into the music on, on this section? We got two guys wearing a sport coat. Ed and Mike are both wearing sport coats. Stone's wearing cargo shorts. 
How do you feel about that? I I, I got nothing. I got nothing against Carter Schwartz, but yeah, I, I got to think they were trying to. <laughs> you would have nothing against trying Carter to Schwartz. trying to class up the the joint a little bit by by dressing a little nice. That was that was that was nice. I think that just had something to do with you know being being where they were trying to uh, trying to impress the locals, probably trying to fit in a little bit. But oh, this is a trying this is a great section. Right. Like Hail Hail just explodes right from the very beginning. Dissonant, you know, uh, we we had that great version at, in Vegas, but usually that's not one that stands out to me. But this was this was great, uh, and given to Flying Corduroy, like again, Cameron and McCready, like the 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 super duo, they're just killing it. Yeah, I, I thought that uh, you're getting this era. the The thing that I was taking out of this section the most is you're getting Ed's voice from this era. And you're still getting his his gravelly sound. You're still getting like his shrieks, and and it's but it feels like even in a song like Dissident, which is you know number four in, and it's causing you to go and take your voice to so many different levels. It feels like he is holding back a little bit more for the rest of the show. This is the point where he's starting to learn that. Yeah, and like and again, you can do that with when you're playing you know, 24, 25 songs on the day, you know, 35 every night. And yeah, he was he was still in his 30s at this point, so yeah, hasn't hasn't, hasn't quite hit him. But oh yeah, it sounds great. And he and he hasn't he doesn't like do it all the time. But there's a there's a few points in the show. There's one that stands out to me later that I'll mention that where he really pulls out that that old school gravelly. But yeah, it sounds great. No complaints. Yeah, no complaints about any of these. Given a Fly is exactly the way that I love to hear Given a Fly, that perfect build that, you know, doesn't start off as the same tempo as the build does. It, it feels like it rises and it's in the pocket, that sweet spot for the song. Cameron really, really found it at around this part, I, I, I think. And uh, Yeah, and the thing that stuck out to me too, Given a Fly, especially in another one, I'm doing all these teasers for later in the set, and I have to stay tuned. But there's another one later on that felt like this too. But it almost felt like a 2010s version. It felt like I was listening to a show from the from the last few years. Interesting. I don't know if I feel the same about that because I feel like with Given a Fly, at least in the build up, it feels like it's more of this era. I'm not, I'm not referring to pace. I'm just talking about like it became like a like a moment. Like they really oh, were okay. into playing. Like it, it felt like it had those like crescendos and and things that that the 2010 version has like what the song has become it felt like it was kind of hinting at what the song would become you know in the current era yeah i can buy that all right yeah i'm with you on that for sure um there's not a lot of stoppage at all in you know maybe up until after i don't know like whipping or or so i thought that was strange yeah little little bits maybe maybe was this was this show did they have like two hours and that was it like was it was it a strict time could be because 23 is not a lot of songs to be playing i don't know how long hovercraft went on for i would i would assume not very long uh but yeah they they just roll right through a lot of these and maybe that's why this was such a good vault release so you wouldn't have all that time that you would be wasting on disk space to you know, uh, of conversations. Some conversations will come later, but these are just song after song after song here. Yeah. The, there's not a lot of banter between songs, just a couple of things. And it's, it's real quick. And, you know, I, th- I think they knew that, that she was going to like Gloria Steinem. I think they knew she was going to come out and talk at the end and do a little speech. So they were probably just trying to leave enough room for her. They didn't want to have her, have her be rushed. In this little section right here, you get wish list and not for you back to back. 
and uh, we talked about the pacing of Wishlist and how they've been able to play it in 98 and what it's become sort of in the last 10, 15 years or so. Uh, but this was the era where Wishlist was at height. Definitely. And there's, there's a cool moment, too, when he does the, you know, the hands up raised line and everyone in the crowd does it. And he kind of like he kind of breaks and like smiles a little bit and goes, oh, that's pretty good. So this was kind of probably one of the one of the beginnings of that. Like I thought that was a cool moment. Yeah, this is this is I, I think this is a couple times that we mentioned now that the band has has moments that they're actually turning songs into moments now instead of just playing a song and letting the crowd react, which is which is great. This is sort of the early stages of becoming a uh, a band that interacts with the crowd. Yeah, definitely. and it's not. They're not just putting on. They're not just putting on a show. Like there's not. They're they're breaking down that barrier between the stage and the and the audience. Yeah, it's, it's it's when things started to get special. Not for you. Would you? I I thought that not for for you was the one that had the gravel in it, the growl and 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 all that. mention that this one's for the crosstown rivals the uh i guess the the cc which i guess yeah, the Christian okay. coalition was in town yep. so that's it's kind of interesting uh he kind of refers to it as like uh again back to the sports thing like you know they're they're kind of putting themselves in opposition to that which is like again if if you're if you haven't been paying attention like they've been doing this for a long time we'll dedicate this next little line to the uh the Crosstown Rivals. The, uh... <laughs> the CCC. The... the old Christian. All that get a little bit of the uh, more rare stuff. All those yesterdays. Don't you think you are asleep? 
Blaze came in their album debut year, and even so, it came kind of sporadically. If you kind of look at the numbers here, Jack never played all those yesterdays. Yeah. That's interesting. One of the things I wanted to bring up is just how unique this song is, and this is one of the very few songs that doesn't involve any sort of chord progression, that they're kind of both uh, both Mike and Stone are playing the song, they're just sort of playing scales back and forth, so it feels like at times, maybe they can get thrown off a little bit, because kind of Stone is doing a scale, and Mike is doing a different scale, Jeff has his own thing that he's doing, and it feels like, you know, maybe the reason why they thought it was a challenge playing it live had something to do with that, but I think they make it work really well. It's not going to be like this fast, intense version of the song. It's not going to have that, you know, that feel like they, they had on the recording. It's not going to be that, but I feel like they did a really nice job with what they were given with this. Oh, yeah, I, I love this. Like, I've been on a big kick with this song lately. I think it's fantastic. And, yeah, to, to get the seventh version of here, it sounds great. And it's, it's absolutely, you know, we talked about it, I think, too, with... Uh, with Save You last week. That's one of the most underrated songs in their catalog. I think this is right up there with it. It's it's one of the one of the best songs on that record, I think, and it, it doesn't get a lot of recognition because maybe it's you know it's last whatever for whatever reason. But yeah. it's oh I, when it when it's played well it's it's right up there with the best. I I think this is great. How many times on Yield does Stone come up with this just insane guitar solo? album for stone to show off how talented of a guitarist he is and not just that he's a fantastic songwriter which he is but i feel like so many songs off a of yield from this to mfc to brain of jay uh do the evolution like he gets to show off how talented he is and I, I think that's such a a unique thing about that record that doesn't get talked about enough definitely i think you hit the nail on the head that this is just this is one of the the best songs off a of yield that nobody even bothers to talk about yeah and telling that you know they, they would bring it into the show only playing it seven times in total this year or eight times in total this year well no i think they they tagged it in atlanta on daughter oh okay that's, like one that's one line of it i think yeah well i i, I know we're going to be covering that show at some yep. point so mm-hmm. we'll have to talk about it at then but uh you uh kind of in inadvertently segued into that because uh, Daughter is the next song and uh, this is important because this version of Daughter was featured on Live on Two Legs and this is like not just any old version of Daughter this is I vividly remember this version listening to this when I got this record and you know taking in some of the unique 
facets of them being a live band from you know playing a song like fucking up which i didn't know at the time when when i was 12 years old and bought the record i had no idea what that was uh from untitled into mfc which you know nobody really knew what that was i think that was debuted at a show before this one probably the show right before i believe this one. so i think it was in maryland columbia maryland yeah. Yeah, so, like, that's fresh. And then you get this version of Daughter, and the tag on it is the lyrics to the, the second verse to Rockin' in the Free World. I see a girl the with a baby in her hand with them from this show and doing something that maybe wasn't on the set list but thought hey it can kind of be intertwined in this improv sort of way but this is a one and done never tagged on anything before this never tagged on anything after this so you know to be immortalized in something like live on two legs and have everybody know that version that's that's so important because i think like you mentioned with with brick and the wall for a long time, that was my expected tag off daughter was was this, huh. even though this was literally the only time they ever did it. Yeah, it's it's really cool and like it's so unexpected. You're listening, you expect you know, they, they do a little bit of WMA as well and then it gets a little spacey, which is cool, but it's you ex- you expect another brick in the wall, you expect WMA, you expect you know, different things, but yeah, I mean I'm sure it was a shock for those people like going to daughter and then you he starts singing rock in the free like wait what okay right okay. you I, I i feel like there were times where i listened to that and i didn't realize that it was yep. rocking in the free yep. world because it just it doesn't measure up it doesn't add up at all it's just another little it's another thing they're always doing those things to like to keep you from getting you know too comfortable and to be from being too predictable you know it's like they and exactly. maybe they didn't they maybe they wanted to play you know rock in the free world is always great for it would have been a great choice for dc would have been great for the show but maybe again going back to the time constraints maybe they just didn't have time to to play it so he figured hey i'll just throw the a couple of choice lines at the end of daughter and, and, and get it in there that way yeah and, and it kind of goes to you know the whole thing that we mentioned before some rare things that get thrown in the show for the 35,000 people that are there. Uh, this is one of them. This is one of those special moments. And again, the Neil tie-in can't emphasize that and stress that enough. Like it, it's there. And uh, yeah, just a cool moment that obviously immortalized way later. And people probably don't even know that it's from this show unless they have the vault or something, you know, I, there, I think I they, there wasn't an official like record of, of what show, what songs were from what shows, right? If you go 
on like the Wikipedia for it, mm-hmm. it mentions where all the where all the songs yeah, but at, are from. at the and time, I don't with, think I think the really people really had to dig and like you really had to be on the inside really? to know. Yeah. Huh. Okay. That's interesting. That's stuff I didn't know. Yeah. So, yeah. But still, you know, to to get it immortalized like that way later, and to kind of know now what we know is uh, is pretty cool. But this was actually this was a. Kind of, kind of interesting. It would have been released no matter what. So, right, gotta love right. that. Uh, a Vitalogy combo here was this where you were talking about Ed's ground. Another, another, there's another good one later on. Oh man, because this again, this was another one that yeah. just it had that same that same intensity to it, but also felt like if this was 1992 and if he was doing it that way, he would have destroyed himself. Hmm. Yeah, possibly. But yeah, this is a it's a great way to to come off of like the little mid tempo all those yesterday's daughter sections like oh just in case you forgot we can rock. It's pretty much a one song stretch. Yeah. In that aspect like there's no, you know, punk section, there's no spin a black circle or bring a j following it. So it's a little it's a little interesting, but going right into Immortality sounded fine and um you know, there's a little bit of a botch in the beginning of Immortality that gets laughed off and uh uh but I don't even think that's really important when it comes to this version. This is bluesy, 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 bluesy version of this song. And uh, it's not overpowered. It's not overpowering like most versions are where he can really, he feels like he's tapping into something deep, deep, dark within himself. Uh, This is just, it's kind of a just straight up bluesy riff and it sounds really good for what they were going with. And it sounds desolate, a little bit sad, but still like I, I you gotta love how mike can just change it up on on a dime and whatever's on his mind whatever he's feeling at that moment he's he's, he's gonna put forward oh yeah you know i always love it when he starts holding those notes and you know throws the head back it's and yeah i thought it was really soulful and like he, he was definitely feeling something and then you get the the really kind of jagged ed strumming at the end which goes on i thought it was a, a really cool kind of juxtaposition between the two of them and, and of course like Cameron at the end just comes in and just brings him to a whole other level. But yeah, this is definitely a highlight for immortality. Even though he he forgot the words at the beginning, still still really smoked a little smoked a little too much of the bomb in the hotel. That was yep, that's it. Nobody's gonna blame him for that. So, uh, all right, I think you have to smoke a little bit of the bong before getting into this song because this is this is the kind of song that you you smoke up to. I thought I came here to stay 
super rare almost so uh, my my initial thought with it it was how is it going to compare to the versions that that we know because I, i've actually been able to see this twice uh and it's got kind of a punk rock sounding style to it they dropped a little bit of the beatnik poetry uh style that the song was written in and it, it feels like they're gonna go in that direction in the beginning but you know, just Jeff's bass being really heavy and really, really sludgy made it feel that way. But I, I, I think, you know, there, there's some hints of, of this being a punk song a little bit in there. Yeah, they, they definitely simplified it in order to play it, right? It It's one of the things where they, I, don't, I don't think they could even do the original version at this point. But this, this no. one came close. Like you said, like it, it definitely got a little weird there at the beginning during the verses. I thought it was really great. I, I enjoyed it. And, and at the end, like, Ed kind of shrugs his shoulders and yeah. has it to say, eh, wasn't, wasn't so bad, just right? just having fun with it, yeah. Calls it an experiment. So, you know, it says the next one we know a little bit better, I promise. And it kind of leads to a pretty uh, pretty bang-up section here. Faithful, present tense, rearview mirror, like, very, very strong stretch of songs. Uh, faithful soars. Ed sounds perfect and faithful. Present tense sounds excellent from this version like stays pretty true to the original it's a little bit more contemplative and while it has good build it kind of finds a way to soar rather than drive than most versions do uh rear view mirror is all drive beginning with the plucky intro and then firing back right on top of their game the bridge having a little bit of the echo uh reverb effect and uh the band plays around with some things but this is kind of matt showing off that the bridges of every mirror are going to be so much different in this era and are just going to sound kind of big and arena sounding. So that's, that's sort of what you get here. Like it's just a strong finish from Matt 100%. But uh, yeah, section, what do you think? Yeah, I just, I mean, I just want to talk about this whole back section of this main set. Cause last week we talked about how the, I, I talked about how the first half of the set just spoke like song after song, just 
perfect. And then I think the second half kind of dropped off a little bit. Didn't quite keep up the the energy, but this one like just keeps on going. The back half of this main set is very well done. Like I again, I have stars by almost all of these. Faithfuls, amazing, great version. Uh, present tense, where I think they, it's just Ed and Mike on stage at the beginning. I think the other three of them don't even come in till till their parts start, but it really just builds up to something really nice and really special at the end i thought and yeah rearview mirror i mean what can you say like oh um and like we always say another great version of rearview mirror but i got you know i gotta mention there's there's a short little fugazi reference after faithful did you catch that no yeah uh, someone has the he holds up the sign dear pro town word up dogs You guys fucking kick it, man. Fucking kick it with a tasty groove. Ever come back to DC, look us up, we're in the book. Uh, we hope you guys have a good time on the rest of your tour. Love, Bill, Hillary, and Chelsea. Well, that's very nice. Just needs to go on the TV and say, "Shit, homies, no big deal, no big deal." Fucking hey, man. Actually, he's already done that, and there still seems to be problem. This is this is. I think I'm. Um, see, I get to learn big words by studying all this. This is what I. Watch it, man. Keep it consensual. I just want to keep it. No, I think this is, uh, this is by what we've seen in the last week, uh, which is not about the issues, but this kind of different. So do I. What the fuck? You know what I mean? I'm talking, preach, you're preaching to the converted, you know. Actually, I love Fugazi, but anyways. I didn't yeah, catch the it's real quick, that, yeah. Though. But yeah, I was going to bring up this little mm-hmm. speech because that's pretty interesting. The the verbiage that's used, word up, dogs. You guys fucking kick yeah. it with a tasty groove. Yeah. If you ever come back to and and he kind of says it almost in Clinton's voice, like "Hey, word up, dogs," like that that kind of thing. Like you know, the southern a little bit of the southern, I guess, drawl or whatever his light southern accent is. Uh, uh, to sort of make it sound like it's actually coming from them, but uh, there's there's good there's this and there's something that would come a little bit later in the encore uh, where they interact and take something from the crowd. So they're just it shows that they're having fun and they're they're enjoying themselves up there. Oh yeah, and like just relaxed in a great mood. Like though though that's when you get the special shows when they 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 don't have to feel like they're you know there's no tension there's there's no pressure they can just do whatever they want and just let it let it all hang out. Speaking of letting it all hang out, we follow this great section with three songs that are are perfect back to back to back with one that's just it's going to almost close up your set here and it's just it's going to crush this set. Like this is 
this is one of the best moments of the night. And how many times do you say that with Black? Too many, not enough, uh, whatever you want to say. It happens almost every other show that this song is involved in. And this version, it doesn't... It doesn't take on like that, you know, he doesn't do whale sounds and that kind of stuff. It's just, it's just Mike, just absolutely, he's crushing the solo, you know, just playing classic rock and roll, keeping it very simple, too. There's no We Belong Together tag. They're, they're not doing any, like, extra do-do-do-do's or anything like that. Like, this is just driving, driving, driving until the end, and, and they just kind of finish off and fade out, but fast versions of black yeah i'm i'm into this i like this version a lot takes over the song and he goes over to the amps and like does like the little like feedback thing against with the guitar it's it's amazing and like we mentioned too the the first song off of 10 that gets played at the show here at the end of the main set mm-hmm. pretty much so but yeah like god damn that the black solo is unbelievable and this it is it is maybe with the, the top one or two moments of the show yeah it has to be it's such a strong finish to it and then ed kind of looks over at him and he's just yeah. like Hey, that was just like, like claps. I think he gives him a little clap, like right was over. Like, yep, yeah. It, you know, you've done something when you impress the other people in your band. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And and that wouldn't be that wasn't the first time. That wouldn't be the last time. So yeah, again, like it's all it's all about feel. It's all about whatever, however he's feeling. And in that moment, you know, he didn't go with this all out kind of solo on immortality, and you have to. Remember, there's no even flow with this show. That's that's Mike's moment. He turns black into the even flow moment almost. Yeah, you know, he's gonna get his moment no matter what. Right, exactly. He'll find it, and I, I like he's just. I think the the best way to put it is that he's just possessed during this performance, yeah. and yeah. you know the lean back. Yeah, that that's all. That's all, Mike. That's 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 all him. So uh, we're almost at the end of the set, and Ed mentions you have. He does this whole thing where he puts out his two hands. He says, you have creationism in this hand. You have evolution in the other. One of these things is real. And then he picks the left hand and says, it's evolution, baby, and points to Stone to start the song. 
and now I know this is the one that you're talking about with the egg growl. One of, this has to be We won't have to wait too much longer, though. But, yeah, I, th- I thought it was cool. He was, you know, he did that speech, and he wanted Stone to, like, kick in immediately. Like, he wanted that to be the moment, like, to, for Stone to kick in right after he said evolution and for it to be a cool thing. And, and right. Stone didn't. He just kind of looks over, and I'm like, uh, okay, you, you can go now. Like, that, that, that's your cue when I say evolution. And so, oh, okay. So then he kicks in on the song. But, yeah, it's a, it's a great version. Like, and I thought it was cool, too, when they when they do the hallelujahs. Like, they really, like push the the background lights up and make it look like you know the angels are descending down like it's like one yeah. of those that was a cool uh, cool moment by the by the crew there but yeah i mean evolutions it's, it fits anywhere in the set it's a great way to end the set and i thought yeah some, some great stuff here this, i think this is much faster than the usual version of evolution especially this is closing up the set so you know, it, it's got more double bass on it. It feels like it's more Tom-heavy than usual. You know, Stone, again, is crushing the solo, so, like, it's it's a perfect way to end it, but then Ed is also... I feel like this is Ed at his most gravelly this whole entire show. I don't, I, I, I don't know. I didn't see it out of the rest of the five songs. I don't I, I don't know where you're going with this one. But, yeah, uh, it, it's coming up soon. Um, yeah, Evolution is... Uh is when again it, it, it almost hinted like we talked about with Give Him the Fly and it, t- it almost hints at more towards what the current version of the song would be like they were starting to hit on those, yes. those moments where they, they know like okay we can take this we can turn this into something yeah I agree with that for sure it does become one of the crowd response moments like you said with the Hallelujah Chorus you know they're responding to that and uh, yeah like I think these Yield songs at this point touring for almost a year for this album people are so used to this and they're following the band more than they were in prior in previous years that they're used to kind of almost like uh, the setups with songs and you know their, their setup when Ed kind of points it and holds his hands out and says it's evolution baby like he's gonna they're gonna sing the walk with him they're gonna sing the Hollywood part like those are big moments from the show uh, that like Zed stick around for your year so great way to end the set though uh, let's take a break talk a little bit to you guys about what's going on on Patreon. John, would you like to start that and then I'll uh, I'll get into my little thing? Yeah, we uh, we just had our uh, Bridge School episode released where we did uh, night one of 2003. We're going we're gonna to start working on uh, the next Evolution episode, which you guys picked for release. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun and going to be interesting. Probably going to be just probably two or three hours. We're going to need to talk about talk about the whole evolution of release. <laughs> that'll be that'll be interesting. But uh, yeah, always always stuff going on. We had a set list draft uh, for the Bridge School that we did that was really cool. You guys uh, got a chance to vote on that. Our our patrons and stuff. So yeah, always always stuff going on over there. Yep, and we have two new people that signed up this week, so as promised, we give them a shout-out on the show. So let's start out with Ari Lambropoulos. Uh, I'm going to guess that that is probably Greek. 
whether he's from Greek, Greece, I have no idea, but Ari, thank you for joining up on Patreon and uh, definitely get in touch with us uh, and let us know what show you want us to cover for the future because that's a big part of Patreon. And Michael Johnson uh, got in touch with us. He's from uh, Sweden, so we're, uh, we're getting culturally diverse here in our in our Patreon people. They're from all over the globe now, from Canada to Texas to Ohio, we have them all over the place. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, just the world domination plan is finally uh, getting put into action. Yeah, it's about time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that we had we started this week, if you guys are interested, and this is for patrons and non-patrons, but obviously Patreon is kind of the way that we try to begin and start the conversation, but we started a Discord chat. And we don't really know what to do with it. And uh, we're just trying to find a way to talk to multiple fans and get people within our little community that we've sort of started kind of intertwining and, and, you know, starting conversation that way. And uh, it's it's been good so far. It's it's like eight people or so. So uh, but we're always going to be looking for more and it's open to everybody. I don't know how you look for us on discord how you find us you have to send the link i think we have to send the link out but i think we can do that but yeah it's one of those things that's got so much potential you know if you if there's if there's other discords that you guys are on that have features that you like like let us know we we definitely want to make it like a destination for people and have a lot of cool stuff on there so yeah we're only going to be adding to it as we go yeah the ultimate goal is to do stuff like you know play parts of bootlegs on like a thursday night or something like that we're we're getting to the time especially right now uh you know baseball's over there's not a lot of sports going on soon the election coverage is going to be you know dying and dwindling and we're going to need stuff to do before the holidays and uh that's just something you know we can take a thursday or wednesday night and just do something like that and and invite everybody to just listen to a bootleg and comment it on together and that'll help us because you know maybe it'll be something that we cover for the future so uh, other things that you get from Patreon too. I just want to mention that this week is the fourth is going on on this week. So anybody that's just sick and tired of election coverage, we are going to be sending a bootleg to everybody on the fourth. We don't know which one it is yet, but this is part of the Patreon free bootleg, uh, section that we, we give a, a bootleg away every month. We send a mask and sticker out to anybody that, that joins up on Patreon as well. So keep that in mind. And uh, and you get to pick your show for us to cover in the future. I know, you know, lately we've been kind of, you know, focused on specific topics and with around the world and, you know, the political Pearl Jam. We haven't had a lot of time to get to Patreon, but 2021 is going to be the year of the Patreon, you guys. There's going to be a lot of Patreon shows and a lot of stories that we're going to reminisce on with uh, with people. So uh, just to keep on the lookout for that. And uh, patreon.com slash live on four legs. That's where you go to sign up, to donate, and uh, enjoy all of the rest of the content. Anything to add? Uh, yeah. Thanks to Ari and thanks to uh, Michael. I really appreciate it. Yep, and for the rest of the many of you that continue to be on Patreon, uh, keep enjoying the stuff, and uh, hope to see you on Discord at some point soon. And if you're not a patron but want to be on Discord, get in touch with us, and we'll get you the uh, the information for that. So that takes us up to the Encore, and it starts off with a massive yield sign getting passed up from the crowd. 
I I've wanted one for years, but I need me one of those signs. Do you have one? I do not. You don't. I do not. Yeah, I my brother used to steal street signs. Mm. I I feel like that was really popular in the nineties. It was. Yeah, but uh, I I don't think he ever had a yield sign. So oh, I want this one that Ed signed. It looks like he he took a thing out and signed it. This one looks huge. Yeah. It looks like the size of three of their heads. Yeah, I think he makes a comment like, "I'm going to keep this up here because you're going to hurt someone if this goes back down there." <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's sharp, man. Yeah, he could have definitely hurt somebody for sure. Uh, he reminisces a little bit about, you know, the last time they played there was with L7 and Neil Young, obviously 95. And uh, what better way to come out of a little bit of a discussion about Neil Young to get into a song that reminds you of Neil Young because it was written with him. I Got Shit starts up this encore. Never really usually starts up this on- the encore spot. It's it's kind of, you know, a mid-set sort of song uh but i thought it was interesting to to be placed here and yeah i i i I don't don't know the i I feel like the main set to me is is more interesting than the encore i thought the encore was a little i don't know i don't want to say boring but definitely not as as exciting as the main set was Hmm. well and and i I, i'm not gonna hold these people anymore this is the one where he he lets out a little growl at the beginning where you don't usually get it. I thought that was really cool. That was the one I was thinking of. I love this song, and I'll, I love it whenever. I, I don't have a problem with it anywhere, anytime. It's it's so good, and I get, let it open up a show, let it close a show. Like it's it's just one of those that that transcends like everything. I think this is one of the one of the best songs they've ever done, and um, yeah, I mean it, it may get a little a little uh, by the book from here on out, but I, I don't I can't hold that against them. You know these these people have. Have uh, have sat through this great show. You know you want to send them home happy. Yeah, and you're getting hits from here on out. You get Better Man on Live back to back, which there's nothing nothing uh, wrong with that at all. You know, Better Man is a pretty straightforward version. You know, like pretty much the radio hit. There's no tag on it or anything like that. Alive gets a tag though. Alive gets War Pigs. We Very talked about cool. that last Very week. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I thought that that was a really good moment for that.
also noteworthy and alive is Ed is taking condoms out of a tambourine and tossing them into the crowd. <laughs> Probably courtesy yeah. of Planned Parenthood, I would yeah. think. Yeah, I think so. And But yeah, Betterman, did you notice Mike goes over and, and sings a little bit, goes over to Ed's microphone and does a little bit of the vocal part. That was cool. Yeah, that um, doesn't happen too often. But yeah, um, again, and we, we've mentioned it a couple of times in the show, Alive, again, really felt like a 2010s version. You know, it's... Mike just, oh, he's on fire on the solo and the Warpigs thing. It it had kind of that, you know, celebration of the show feel to it. It felt like I was I was listening to a 2013 or 2016 version. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I, and, you know, I didn't really think of any of that while listening to the show because it's just not, it's not on my mind. Like, you know, this sort of thing to think of, the comparisons you just don't think that way it's it's sort of you listen to so many bootlegs from you know 2003 on and it's just kind of it's a given and you don't realize that in 1998 yeah this was more special than you know essentially what you would get nowadays which is which is the norm so like i didn't listen to it in that fashion but it's that's such an important pickup on that that you kind of can't discredit at all you yeah. can't discount it. Yeah. Um, all right. So a little bit of a speech here. Uh, Ed thanks a bunch of people for being there. Uh, Gloria Steinem especially. And says there's so many things and freedoms that we have. And she planted the seeds for all of them. And uh, speaking of cool women, let's mention Hovercraft. Uh, talking about protecting women's rights to choose. And that's the reason why they're there. He says we wouldn't try to encourage anybody to vote a certain way. But all the stuff going on down the street which was the the Ken Starr, uh, you know, with the uh, the files and uh, all that nonsense that was going on with 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 Clinton and and the blowjob and all that. So, um, you know, he kind of mentions like we don't want that to deter you from voting because that it was such a it was a such a blown up scandal that I think it probably tired people out and and it probably you know it looked everybody had a a negative connotation towards it from republicans and democrats people were not happy with either side uh of the outcome with this so you know it it probably i don't i don't know what the numbers are uh within you know the like they said the voting waves but uh it was probably not an uh, a midterm election that people were paying attention to enough because he was a lame duck president at that point they were you know they were going to elect a new one in two years so uh but this one was dedicated for people that go out and uh bomb the planned parenthood clinics and he says well we'll take the high road on this one even if it equates to terrorism um so yeah, uh, that's I, that's all stuff that's pretty important and what we didn't bring up from the beginning because I I hadn't listened to it yet, but I'm sure we'll go back and play it at some point, is uh, Gloria Steinem uh, addressed the crowd. And uh, one of the things that she did mention, which we'll get to in a moment, is she thanked Steve Gossard and Mike M- McCready. McCready, McCready, I think, yeah. McCready? Yeah. She so, ap- she apologizes for uh for getting their names wrong. Yeah. So uh but you know, it, it's uh it's the same kind of thing. I think there's there's a really funny quote from uh from the beginning of the set. Um 
where she says, I pledge to you that I will go to jail before I tell Ken Starr anything that goes on here tonight. So, and, you know, she goes off on and says, like, these guys, you know, they believe with their hearts and they're, uh, they're smart, they're, they're good-hearted people, and they use their heads and minds, and, uh, you know, like, and she's, although she doesn't really know their names, she, uh, she can speak for them, and, and that's, uh, that's pretty important to get somebody of that stature to, uh, to speak on your behalf, so. Yeah, and it, and, like, Soldier of Love is great, I thought. Ed was having a lot of fun with it, you know. That's that's something like you know it kind of gets lumped in with Last Kiss, like we talk about. But uh, another great one on its own. Like I thought they were they were really having fun. She comes out, she has the roses. I think you know Jeff puts a rose in his base, like in like the headstock of the base. That was cool. And like yeah, just it just seemed like they were really having fun with it at the end of the show. Felt like you know they they knew they'd play great, and they were just kind of like just re- like I said, relaxed and having fun and just kind of letting letting the crowd like kind of just having a moment it was really nice yeah and i kind of got mandela affected on soldier of love a little bit because i keep thinking that soldier of love is you know a definitive cover from 1998 but it's you know it's only been played 21 times but only four of those times were in that year so like you know my my memory of it is thinking that this is a 1998 song but really, it probably was played more in 2000 and 2003, I think. So, uh, but this was when they were going through that that 50s phase, you know. But there there is a cool moment on stage that, you know, this might be the last public moment that Ed and Beth get to share with each other on stage. And I don't even know if if Beth had ever been on stage with the band before like this. I think so. I think I remember hearing there was there's been a few times, but but not very many. I think she was definitely like she didn't want the spotlight, and I don't think that right. was something that interested her like being the being the famous you know like bandwagon like I'm gonna be the rock star wife. You know, I don't think that really appeared appealed to her. So yeah, especially because she was in the opening band. Yeah. So I, I, and again, when she comes out, she doesn't really like seem real comfortable like being out there with them. So it was just kind of a kind of a quick thing and then she kind of makes a quick exit uh it's cute her and ed dance a little bit and uh again like i it's probably the last time we see them in public together because they get divorced in 2000 i think yeah i don't know i i don't know if that was the last one you know it's one of those things that you know, i have to go back and, and look and see but yeah i wouldn't be surprised and before going into Ledbetter, Gloria says, uh, democracy comes to those who vote, which is 100% true and 100% why we did this show today. Uh, Ledbetter, you know, great way to finish out the show. You get like a slower, bluesier version that, you know, was more uh, part of the era back in the day. I, the, one, of the, one of the things that I will say about this show is that I, I, I wish it had more of a you know, an ending, like a, a stamp to it, like a Bob O'Reilly or a fucking up or something like that. I wish it had that. Like, Soldier of Love and the Leadbetter is nice, but I, I feel like this needed sort of like a big final moment, hmm. so to speak. Yeah, I was kind of I was kind of expecting, you know, it's been a while since I've come back and listened to this, but I was kind of it would have been cool to throw in like a little wing or a little bit of Star Spangled Banner there for, for yeah. DC would have been nice. But I mean, you know, Mike, you you can't argue with him getting to send these people all happy on Yellow Wood, but no. it's always really cool. And they, it was yeah, it was a really good display. Yeah. 
it was a really good display. I, I won't complain about the version of Ledbetter at all. Maybe, maybe something in before or after Soldier of Love would have been nice, but yeah, that's that's such a small, small tape that I don't, I don't, I don't even think it's it's really worth mentioning outside of that. But yeah, this this version of Ledbetter really really good. Just kind of emotional finale to this 23. You know, adding in the preset song, uh, 24 song set that you get here that's been immortalized in the uh, in the vault so uh one that they obviously felt felt very highly about and one uh that the fans have talked about to this very day so uh let's pick some moments from it what do you got as a top three Whew. tough tough um act of love gotta be on there i'm gonna i'm gonna put that one number number three um Number two, I'll go with Alive. I mean, I could have could have picked anyone, but that one really stood out to me as being exceptional for the time period. And that's again a, a song that they weren't really doing a lot with in 1998. It's kind of like on the verge of of being a, a by the numbers thing. But I thought it really this one really stood out from the ones that I've heard. Uh, really, really nice. And then number one is it's black. It's got to be that that black solo. The whole the whole thing where. Mike just again just rips the song into 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 pieces and it sounds really really good. But so many honorable mentions. I, I'm sure you'll have three different ones. Yeah, uh, I I got I got one the same as yours, and I think that's pretty obvious uh, that that we share that that thought there. But uh, all my picks are actually it's funny. I don't usually do this, but all of my picks are hits. I usually don't go in that direction. You know, in most cases, I would think, you know, I would add like in all those yesterdays or uh, immortality or not for you or something else that was really or active love, which was great from this show. Active love just misses it because I feel like I have to put evolution in my top three. This was such a great version of evolution where Ed was so gravelly with his voice where stone solo really, uh, stands out and Matt stands out on it. it, it like a perfect way to end the show. I really, really enjoyed this version of evolution. Um, so yeah, it's hard not to put that in my top three. And then, you know, black has to be in this and I'm putting black at number two, kind of, there's almost like a number one by default. And, you know, that's not taking any anything away from Black at all, but, like, it's going back to my, you know, my take on this as, as a teenager and listening to this. There's not a lot of Pearl Jam that I do remember, at, you know, from the 90s where I can specifically say, like, oh, I've, that, I've taken that with me for the rest of my listening life. Uh, but this version of Daughter is something that I've always remembered. I've always remembered uh, the Rockin' in the Free World because I think I even had this on a mix where later in the mix, Rockin' in the Free World was on it. So it was kind of like a tee-up for that. And I, I, I always thought that that was a little cool little feature that I did there. Uh, but yeah, just just utilizing that tag and how unique it is and how they kind of change sort of the way that the song is is prepared and and uh, yeah, I really 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 loved it and still to this day it's it's one of my favorite versions of Daughter and definitely one of my favorite uh, tags off of Daughter. So that's that's my number one moment right there. Very cool. Yeah, I think that that's the that's the tell right. If you if you go back to it. 
you know, years and years later, if you still remember, I think that that definitely makes a difference. Absolutely. And like I said, like, you know, late 90s, this era, 1998, this is when I was starting to pick up and understand Pearl Jam. But to say that, like, I was obsessed would be a little bit, that would be an overstatement. So, you know, those little things that I do remember are so important because there weren't a whole lot of them at the time. There were there were enough, but, you know, this one is definitely one to, to cherry pick from that. Um, this would be good to rate, so let's... Uh, Let's let's try and do that. I, I think you're going to have a high rating. I am going to have a, a fairly high rating as well, but I want to know what yours is before I do mine. So let's hear it. Yeah, and I, you know, I was thinking about it when I was listening to this. You know, I was kind of on the fence. Like I knew it was going to be it's, – it's going to be between a 9 and a 10, somewhere in that range because, you know, you, you got to think always say like it's – you know, I'd save my 10s for like the top – 50 or so shows in their in their history and you know going back and reading that you know this one was almost released as a whole show back then it was almost the the first live album and so many cool moments like we talked about you know act of love given to fly the little moment wish list not for you all those yesterdays you pulled out daughter like push me pull me the whole back half of the main set is really good faithful present tense review mirror black evolution just really i mean i gotta give this a 10 it's it's up there in the top 50 all time you think this is a top 50 show i do okay that's interesting i i i want to know because again i think my knowledge of the 1998 boots we haven't done a lot of them yet so to compare this to other boots in 98 that's that's how i sort of see this if it's at the top of the 98 which i would expect this one to be but i i don't have you know once we really get into that year a lot more i'll i'll i'll, I'll know and understand kind of where this stands but as of now like yeah this is really good this is this is a show that definitely deserved it's it's moment as a vault and uh and we got it and i think a lot of people do remember those key specific moments like we were mentioning with daughter with black with evolution with uh uh all those yesterdays and push me pull me being played and act of love like it has all of those key moments that makes for a very rich show and uh i don't think it's a 10 in my book but i think it's a nine i think it's a very strong nine okay so and I can change my rating on that at some point at a later <laughs> date. But this is, I'm just saying, this is how I feel about it now. If I were to get it on vinyl, maybe that would be a whole different ball game. But uh, we shall see if that ever, if that opportunity ever arises again. Yeah. We shall see. Yeah. Uh, but that is it. That ends our politically driven month with shows that were just, you know, where the band wanted people to go out and vote, and uh, and you know they uh, they touted voting, and they um, you know and they they spoke from their heart, and they spoke with their gut, and a lot of what we wanted to talk about in this last month was just how how they felt and how they felt about the way of the world, and um, and what they wanted to share with their fans that uh, either felt the same or didn't know how to feel. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a great like we said it's a great way to cap off this this kind of political month because they, you mentioned at the end we kind of hit on it a little bit but the really the the quote to take away from this is that that Gloria Steinem quote at the end where she talks about voting that's really like the whole theme of the the show and the theme of the month that we've been doing yeah this was this was great 
And uh, I hope that you guys enjoyed the day. If you're listening to this on election day, hopefully you have done your part to make this country a better place. This is this is one of the only opportunities where your voice is is calculated into American history, where you can say and look at a voting totals and say, I was part of that. I, I did that. I made sure that happened, whether or not it was a win, whether it was a loss. You participated in the most democratic process that we offer as United States citizens. So, you know, that that that's really important. And you guys should be very proud of yourselves and pat yourself on the back for voting. Because, yeah, it doesn't seem too difficult to wait in a line or or send in a mail a mail-in ballot just filling out some bubbles but uh you're impacting so many lives by doing it so you know just keep keep that in mind and uh you know from from both of us i i uh would like to say thank you guys if you've participated if you were old enough to participate this year to vote uh thank you for doing so and you know you guys rock and keep doing it from years to come because it's always 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 going to be important absolutely so uh, what are we going to do next week? Do you know? We have kind of we've, we've kind of been back and forth off this here where, you know, we've we've done something big for a month and then we've gone back to the around the world. And it felt like the around the world has stalled so many different times <laughs> in uh, in 2020 that, uh, yes, we are bringing it back and we're going back to South America. So uh, how about Columbia 2015? Does that sound good? Great. The only show they ever played in Colombia. Yeah. So why not? We're gonna go down there. We're gonna we're gonna cover that, and it'll be a lot of recent stuff, and uh, it should be exciting. So until then, remember if you want to donate to us over at Patreon, we're gonna have something that I want to announce next week. We're gonna definitely announce something next week. I'm not gonna tell you what it is, but there's gonna be an announcement next week. So stay tuned for that. And I'm not even gonna tell John what it is, even though he kind of already knows. But Stay tuned for an announcement next week uh, during the show. Uh, I think it's going to be something fun, and I think, uh, yeah, we just want to incorporate the fans as much as possible into the next last couple months of, of a dreadful 2020. So if this if this helps, then uh, hopefully we we have done we have done some good. So uh, until then, we have finished off with Constitution Hall 1998, one from the vault, and we'll get back to it next week with Bogota. Columbia from 2015. So this may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already. I miss you always. Until next week, we will see you next time. Thank you, everybody, for voting. Let the campaign begin. Vetter 2024.